down. We're going to the 15th chapter of the book of Acts. There is a song that we sing, used to sing, you don't sing it, you don't know it. Only the old farmers used to sing it because they would watch the sun and tell the time by the sun. But you'd be glad to see the sun going down You'd be glad to see the sun in the middle of the sky. And you'll be glad to see your shadow on a sunshiny day when you know it's 12 o'clock. When the sun is straight up over your head, you know you can step on your head, which is your shadow, and it's 12 o'clock. You'll be walking on your head which is your shadow. Did you know that? Amen. Then it's 12 o'clock. Amen. And in different directions you turn that you could read the time by your shadow the way that it is pointing, whether it's pointing, pointing north, south, or which, and you would know what time it is. And the old people used to say, it's getting late in the evening. And the sun is almost down. It's getting late in the evening. You better hurry home. Now, I want to use a phase of that tonight. Well, that won't be my subject about it's later than you think. It is getting late in the evening. And what I mean about that, that we fixing to read where well, that uh, we who is of the Gentile nation really is the most blessed people in the whole world. Amen. And we should really be more grateful to God than any people on the face of the earth. It's because this is our second chance it's our second chance of God is coming to us, seeking us each time, trying to get or make himself known or acquainted with us, and we turn away from him. Yes, I know his chosen people whom he really did love and how he went to them. And they turned away from him. It was in God's plan that he would give us a chance, a second chance to come back to him. So we're going to read some concerning about how blessed we are. But our subject for tonight is making preparation or making ready to leave here. Amen. Making ready 
to leave here. And that's why that we have to be different. That's the reason why we have to be saved. And it must be according to the way that God has ordained. In the book of Acts, this is not where it is right now, but we're going to go to it. I hope you got your notebook and your pencil and your Bible. The book of Acts, the 15th chapter, beginning with the first verse. And certain men, certain men, which came down from Judea, mm -hmm. taught the brethren and said, Yes. Except ye be circumcised. Except ye be circumcised. After the manner of Moses. After the manner of Moses. Ye cannot be saved. Uh-huh. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. All right. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. And they caused great joy unto all the brethren. All right, listen now. Read. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. Mm -hmm. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying, that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. Mm -hmm. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Mm -hmm. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, All right. purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even as they. Read. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. Mm -hmm. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, After they have held their peace, then James answered, saying, answered, saying Men and brethren, men and brethren, hearken unto me. Hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles All right. to take out of them a people for his name. All right. And to this agree the words of the prophet mm -hmm. as it is written. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, said the Lord, who doeth all these things. 
known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore, my sentence is that we trouble not them, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, all right. but that we write unto them that they may abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogue every Sabbath day. Then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas surnamed Barsabbas and Silas, chief men among the brethren. All right, turn to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the 13th chapter. Beginning with the first, uh, beginning with the 11th verse. Jeremiah 13. For as 11. the girdle cleaveth to the loins of a man, uh -huh. so have I caused to cleave unto me the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah, said the Lord. Said the Lord. That they might be unto me that for people. They may be unto me for people. And for a name. And for a name. And for a praise. And for a praise. And for a glory. And for a glory. That's what I want you to think on right now, which God was expecting to get from his own chosen people, and he did not get it. They turn away from him, they disbelieved him, they would not obey him. And that is, he was seeking praises from them and glory. He didn't receive either one of them. So this made him at this time turn to the, uh, turn to the Gentile nation. Now go to the book of Acts chapter 9, chapter 10. Ten and nineteen, I think. While Peter thought on the vision. Now this was the time when he was fixing to make a change, a turn. And this is the way he went, or the way it was done. Read. While Peter thought on the vision, uh -huh. the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent into him from Cornelius, and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Then called he them in and lodged them, and on the morrow, Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, 
And Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter took him up saying, stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God had showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. This is the part that I wanted you to see. It took much reading to get where I wanted to. But a lot of times when God be trying to show us something, we really can't see it because our minds are so foggy and because we can't focus on the things which God is trying to point out to us. Now in this lesson tonight, we are dealing with how that God turned to us, seeking us. Both times he was seeking us, we was not seeking him. And the Jews, how they tried and they, and they did avoid him, they turned away from him, they wasn't pleased with no one, the prophets of old, would come to tell them about their Messiah. They didn't believe it and they wouldn't accept it. All right, what we're about to study tonight, it is brought to us in the same phase. Now, if you don't get it, and if you can't see what we are leading up to, then you're going to miss it. It's just like our, uh, the book of Matthew chapter 19, I think, beginning with the first verse. And also in the book of Romans chapter, no, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter Seven and verse 10, 11, and 12. You probably don't know what that is yet, but it's on the same basis and level that this what we are leading up to now is talking about. And if you don't really understand it, you won't know when the change is made. And that's why that so many of us miss the mind of God is because we don't understand what he is trying to say because what we already have in our mind. It's much easier to change a person that has never uh, uh, confessed that he or she is saved rather than to get one that feel like they already saved then you got to prove everything to them by the Bible. And after you finish, they still can't see it. It's because what is in their mind already. Now, if you would turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 19, beginning with the first verse, and it came to pass, it came that, to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee. He departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea uh -huh. beyond Jordan. All right. 
and great multitudes followed him, uh -huh. and he healed them there. He healed them there. The Pharisees also came unto him. They came to him. Tempting him. Tempting him. And saying unto and him. And saying unto him. Is it lawful? Is it lawful? For a man to put away his wife for every cause. For every cause. And he answered and said unto them. He answered said unto them. Have you not read? Have you not read? That he which made them uh -huh. at the beginning made them male and female. Made them male and female. And said, said, for this cause uh -huh. shall a man leave father and mother. Yes. And shall cleave to his wife. All right. And they twain shall be one flesh. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. All right. What therefore God had joined together. All right. Let not man put asunder. All right. They said unto him. They said unto him. Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorce? Listen to this now. Why did Moses then uh, give them a divorce? And to put her away. And to put away. He said unto them. He said unto them. Moses. Moses. Because of the hardness of your heart. Because of the hardness of your heart. Suffered you. Suffered you. To put away your wife. To put away your wife. But from the beginning. But from the beginning. It was not so. All right. And I say unto you. I say unto you. Whosoever. Whosoever. Shall put away his wife. Whosoever. Shall put away his wife. Except it be for fornication. Except it be for fornication. And shall marry another. And shall marry another. Committed adultery. Committed adultery. And whoso marrieth her. Whoso marrieth her. Which is put away. Uh -huh. Doth commit adultery. All right. Now. We stop at this is because what we already have in our mind. That is why. Now, I'm not going to teach on this, but I'm going to do some comparison and let you see how quick that we can get away from truth is because of what is in our mind from the very start. You only have trouble with the Bible and with church folks, those who think they know, and what they have in their mind. Sometimes it never get out. Now they tell you in Matthew 28, 19, say, these is the words of Jesus. Jesus spoke these words. Jesus said, ah, that you go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Say, these are the words of Jesus. So I'm going to take the words of Jesus. Now you can take whatever, whoever word you want. You can take what Peter said, but I'm going to take Jesus. It's because of what they have already planned in their mind. Now, Jesus said, and it's written, it's in the Bible. Whosoever put away his wife, except it be for fornication. Other words, that's the only way that you can put her away and be justified in the sight of God. So that gives you ground. You read that. And I don't know whether you ever got straight on that or not. It's because of what is written. And because of what Jesus said. Now I'm going to let her go back and start up a little bit further where he said, uh, where the Pharisees asked a question concerning about divorce. 
the Can Pharisees, a man put away his wife every cause? The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? All right. And he answered and said unto them, uh -huh. Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, mm -hmm. and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. All right, listen now. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. One flesh, read. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Uh -huh. They said unto him, yeah. Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement? Listen to this now, this is the key. And to put her away. And to put her away. He said unto them, He said unto them, Moses, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, number one, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you, suffered you, to put away your wife. Uh huh. But from the beginning from it was begin not so. All right. And I say unto you, Uh huh. Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another committed adultery. Now that's what he's saying. I say unto you. Now something is a little bit contradictory about this. You know what it is? What is a mystery? What is a mystery? Anything that have never been as yet brought to light. It's still back there in the shade or in darkness. This will make you think that Jesus is showing you or the church that there's only one way to put your wife away and to be justified in the sight of God. Ain't that the way it sounds? Except it be, now Jesus said, the only way you can put her away it have to be for the cause of fornication. Is that what he said? Huh? Now, remember, you're going to need this throughout your whole life unless you plan it to be a unit, uh, whatever, a virgin or what. You're going to need this is because it's going to come a time that you're going to seek for truth to try to justify yourself according to the Bible and you've got to know where to go. I'm going through here to try to bring you back to where we started uh, in the book of Acts to show you about how that the Gentiles received God and what God was expected out of them and what he was expected out of the Jews and he did not get it. I'm doing this where also that when you come into the house of God that you will give him all the glory and all the praise because that's what he saved you for. Ain't nothing else you can do for God. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. I said ain't nothing else that you can do for God, nothing else, amen, that he even wants from you, but he wants you to give him praises and he wants you to give him glory. Amen, amen. So this is something that Jeremiah was speaking of that he was expecting out of his own people, but he did not get it. Now, when we go back to this and begin to teach it, uh, a little bit later on in the lesson, 
then God going to do something to somebody that won't give him the glory. Amen. He's not going to turn from them as a nation, but he's going to turn from that individual, whoever they are, because we know what God wants and what God loves and what God is expecting, and that's what we should give him. And that's a very little, to give him praise and to give him glory. And I don't mean just say hallelujah or hallelujah. I think that you should be in the knowledge of what you said. Amen, because of who he is. All right, go back now to the book of, of uh, Matthew. Don't be afraid to talk. This is Bible class. If anything on your mind, you speak it because if you get out from here and speak it, and it's wrong, and they will ask you like Paul said, but they'll ask you, what church did you attend? Who told you what you <laughs> is speaking now? So you need to be able to understand. I'm not getting on wife and husband as divorces. I'm trying to bring something in and read them. That's the reason I'm telling you that it's so hard for us to understand what God is trying to say is because what is already in our mind. Sometimes we make a statement and say, oh, I don't care what nobody say. I'm going to do it this way, I'm going to do it that way, or whatever way you have in mind. But it must be done God's way. That's why that we should pray that God will help us and that he will open the eyes of our understanding. Now, how in the world can a preacher preach this or teach this if he don't know? But yet he got a congregation. And what he teach to them, they're going to believe he is right, and they should believe it. But look how many he has spoiled. Now when he gets little preachers from under him to grow up, that's all they know. And they're going to carry it out. Then the gospel then has been contaminated. Not through the Baptists or the Methodists or whatnot, but it's through the apostolic church that's supposed to have all the truth or most of the truth and don't even understand really what they are saying. Now we're going to read where he said again, I'm trying to see now when I get through, I'm going to ask you the question to see, did you really catch it? All right, Matthew. Let them know what you're reading. You mean continue where I left off? Yes. I'll start at verse 9. And I say unto you. No, they need to know that. They don't know. It's I said unto you, but they don't know where you are. Matthew 19, verse 9. Matthew 19, verse 9. Now, this is not really a Bible class, but I'm trying to make some points. Not just a point, but some point where we will know why that so many people have been misled and have the wrong thing in mind is because of what they got in their mind. In order to get the truth, you have to first get out of your mind the thing that is there if it's not true. 
because you cannot have them both together. If you do, you'll be confused like most people is now and say, amen, somebody out of heaven church is saved and somebody doing this and somebody doing that and we are all serving the same God and because I know the truth, I know we are not. Huh? So many people believe that there are three, three distinct persons in the Godhead when there isn't. They don't understand that it's three, but they're all threes in one. They don't understand that. And then when you teach it, if you don't teach it the way that they think, they think you got three gods when you ain't got but one. Amen. Somebody asked me the question today, I think, and they asked the same question uh, last week. They said that, uh, do Jesus know when the time is coming? Uh, how did that scripture read? No man know, not even the Father, uh, not even the Son. Have, have you read that? I, long, I want Brother Lungino to read that and find it. He's going to sleep or he's meditating. That, see there, he didn't even hear it. See. <laughs> Who knows what kind of scripture? I, I don't know. I'm not talking about somebody. somebody uh, Ella Forza know where it is. He'll find it. Well, somebody quoted for me there. What did it say? Nobody can even quote that scripture. That's right. Wait a minute, Ella Fortune. Thank you. I told you he'd get it. Amen. Uh, let them know where you're reading from. 2436. 2436. No, no, you're going to read it. But of that day and hour. But wait, wait a minute. You better read up a little bit higher. The next verse. Verily I say unto you, uh -huh. this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. All right. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall not pass away. All right. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, uh -huh. but my Father only. All right. Wait a minute. Read that again. That ain't saying what I'm saying. But of that day and hour uh -huh. knoweth no man. All right. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. No, no. If that's all it said, no. I want to say well, it say the Son of Man. Mark. Somebody said, Mark, where? 1332. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, uh -huh. no, not the angels, All right. which are in heaven, All right. neither the Son, but the Father. Neither the Son. And somebody asked me the question, said, do Jesus know? I said, what did the Bible say? Now I'm asking you, do Jesus know? Do, Je <laughs> do Jesus know? Well, read that. Is that dealing with what? When will I restore the kingdom of Israel? The coming of the Son of Man. Yes, read it. That same scripture? Yes. But of that day... No, 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 no. I'm talking about what I'll make a little bit more sense. Read up a little bit 
How you wait? You know what they're talking about. Verily I say unto you that this generation. No, no, no. Up from that. See, the question has been asked. Unless you don't have it right, the one I want, when will I restore the kingdom of Israel? Well, let's, let's see what this says. Acts 1. When they therefore were come together, when they come together, they asked of him, saying, They asked Jesus, now this is his apostle, Lord, Lord, would thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Uh -huh. And he said unto them, He said to them, It is not for you to know, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons, the time or the season, which the Father, which the Father had put in his own power. Has in and put in his own power. That don't sound like it either. I'll tell you what, maybe I, I'll, I'll just deal with Mark. I'll deal with Mark. So go back to Mark and that will actually maybe send it. But I thought it was uh, some other place. A little bit plain of that. All right. You have that in mind. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. Knoweth no man. No, not the angels. Nor the angels. Which are in heaven. Which are in heaven. Neither the Son. Neither the Son. But the Father. But the Father. Now my question was, I think, is do Jesus know? He don't know. The Bible said, he don't know. Jesus said he don't know. Do he know? Huh? He ain't got but one. Do he know? Do he know? Do that one son know? Did the Bible say he don't know? Okay, then he disputed with the Bible. You see what he said? <laughs> yes, sir. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm telling you. The birth of the lunch, you know, ain't sitting down there for nothing. Somebody turning this mic on around here. Everybody did it. He ain't shouting for nothing around here. Amen. Tell him, tell him, brother. I don't know how in the world you got that. Come here it is. Come on. <laughs> now you see. He said the Lord ain't leading him to do that. I wonder, I thought while I was up here. <laughs> well, that settles that, I guess. 
All right, it reads. But of that day. That day. And that hour. That day and that hour. Knoweth no man. Knoweth no man. No. No. Not the angels. Not the angels. Which are in heaven. Which are in heaven up there right where the Father is. Neither. Neither. The Son. Neither the Son. But the Father. But the Father. And may I paraphrase that? Only. The Father only. Now, do Jesus know? This is a wide question for you to answer, and we got to move on because I'm just trying to make a point. You know what? Some of you say one thing, some say another. Why? It's because of what's in your mind already. Now, all you that don't know and don't even think you know, raise your hand. You that don't know and don't even think you know, raise your hand. I don't see but two, three, all right. But the now, the majority of you feel that you know. Why? Why do you think you know? Which one do you know? Are you agreeing with what Mark said? That no, not the son don't even know? Huh? You agree with that? Then are you saying that Jesus don't know? Are you saying that Jesus don't know? How many saying Jesus don't know? That Jesus don't know. All right, I just got about 15 hands. How many say Jesus do know? All right. The Bible does not contradict itself. Let God be true. The Son do not know. But Jesus, as we are using his earthly name, Jesus, he knows. There is nothing that God has that is hid from Jesus. Huh? Is because Jesus is God, and in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead. Huh? The Bible said, according to the book of Corinthians, that there coming a time, and this is what it's dealing with, that the Son is going to give up. 1 Corinthians 15, 24. It says what? 1 Corinthians, then cometh the end. Then cometh the end. When he shall have delivered up. Up. The kingdom to God. He's going to deliver the kingdom up to God. Even the Father. Even the Father. When he shall have put down all rule. All rule. And all authority and, all and authority. power. Uh -huh. For he must reign. He must reign. Till he hath put all enemies under his he feet. He has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Is death. For he hath put all things under his all feet. All things under his feet. 
But when he said, uh -huh. all things are put under him, uh, yes. it is manifest. Now that's talking about God and his son. Now when he was saying that all things have been put under Jesus' feet, all things, then he have to clarify that and say, now what I mean. And when all things shall be subdued under him. Under him. Then shall the Son, then shall the Son also Himself uh -huh. be subject unto Him uh -huh. that put all things under Him, uh, yes. that God may be all in all. That God may be all in all, going back from the very beginning. We are going back from the beginning. When there was nothing, remember me telling you a few weeks ago, there was nothing but God. When God get us the way he want us to be and where he want us to be, you is not going to be like you are now. Do you believe you are? You believe you're going to be walking around in heaven eternal life and be like you are now? Hmm? How do you think you're going to be? We don't know what he going to be. But whatever he is, whatever he be, we're going to be like him. He made us in his likeness. And he don't mean like we are now. Well, I ain't going to teach you on that because I know what that's going to call for. But I tell you what, we're going to go back to where we was and then we're going to deal with this because the Lord has been dealing with me on this. Now, well, I don't want you to ask questions on that because that'll make me go too far out in it. All right. But I want to go back to Matthew, the 19th chapter. And yet I say this is not our lesson. I'm trying to bring you up to this plan of salvation concerning of Cornelius. Being a Gentile, we who is Gentile, God turning to the Gentile. His first time doing it was through Jesus when actually that he let down this sheet to Peter. This is this was the beginning. All right, read that. Matthew 19, mm -hmm. start back at verse 9. And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. Now let me tell you again, see you the cause of me keep on stopping is because every time I bring this subject up or this subject is brought up, you think I'm dealing with, with uh, our divorces. I'm not. But I'm trying to show you what you got in your mind because of what God has said, then you can't accept what he is really saying because of what you think you know. But this sounds just like truth that these words come out of the mouth of Jesus and it is right. It is Jesus that said, look, when Moses gave you a written of divorce, amen, it was because of the hardness of your heart. But from the beginning, it was not so. Then he said, but I say unto you, I say unto you, whosoever put away his wife, accepted be, accepted be for fornication, has committed adultery. Accepted be. 
So if I can put her away, if I got ground that she or he committed adultery or fornication, then I am free. For these are the words of Jesus. That sound like that is truth for me to heaven, and it is. If you know what he's saying. So is that really what he's saying? Is that what you would base your belief upon? It's because of what is in your mind. Now you just wish to be honest. If you don't and haven't accepted what I've been teaching on this, don't pretend because you're going to need it one day if you get in trouble. You get in trouble with your wife or your husband, and you're going to be looking for a way out. Is that right? And you won't be long suffering towards her or him. Because you think, and you will run right to these scriptures, is because what is in your mind? Yes, sir. Except. This is the only thing that you would only don't follow. Except you believe I'm he. Or whatever way you want to put it, but except. All right. I want you to be earnest and we're gonna move away. Jesus said, except it be for fornication. Didn't it say that? Now, whosoever marry her that has been put away, commit adultery. But the only way you can put away, he said, except it be for fornication. That's that. So you feel when you're married, and if you catch your wife or husband in this unlawful act or what have you, you got ground to put away. Don't you? Now, don't be running back to it later. Yes, sir. Sir? Spiritual fornication are natural. Spiritual? Oh, yes, yes, yes. But we're dealing with the natural. We're dealing with natural, natural, and natural. We're dealing with the natural here. It's because I'm trying to pull out of you what is in your mind. Where you can actually restore it with the right thing that you will have. All right, now, you didn't catch it, I don't think. Yet Jesus said that, but if Jesus had said what you said that he said and meant what you think that he is needing to say here, then you missed it. And the reason you missed it is because of what's in your mind. Now listen at it. I'm going in slow motion on this while you can have this now. This is what Jesus said. 
And I say unto you, I say unto you, whosoever, whosoever shall put away his wife, whosoever shall put away his wife, except, except it be for fornication, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, and shall marry another, committed adultery, committed adultery. Whosoever put away his wife. Now, number one, he's not dealing with the church. That's number one. He's not speaking to the church at all. If he was speaking to the church, then he would have to go back and contradict himself where we are going. But now listen to what he's saying now. Read. And whoso uh -huh. marrieth her, all right. which is put away, all right. doth commit adultery. Read. His disciples uh -huh. say unto him, yes. If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. But he said unto them, All men cannot receive this saying, All right. save they to whom it is given. All right. But there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. And there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. All right. And there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Uh -huh. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go back to where that Jesus is saying what God said, trying to enlighten them on the scripture that was being taught. But you're going to have to go back again. When Moses gave them a right of divorcement. He said unto them. Yes. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. All right. But from the beginning. But from the beginning. It that's was what I want so. you to catch. But from the beginning. From the very beginning, it was not so. Do you have that? All right, now the teaching of Paul coming right behind now and saying this. In the book of 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter, in the beginning with the 10th verse. Listen to this now. And unto the merit I unto command. Unto the merit I command those who are saved. To the merit I command. Yet not I. Now he said, yet not I. But the Lord. He said, now these are not my saints, they are the Lord's. Let so what is the Lord saying? You cannot do it from the beginning. It was not so. So he ain't going to change. So he said. And unto the merit I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Uh -huh. Let not the wife depart from her husband but and if she depart let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife uh-huh but to the rest speak I not the Lord yet if any brother uh -huh. hath a wife that believeth not and she be pleased to dwell with him she be pleased to dwell with him let him not put her away. Let him not put her away. And the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. 
For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. Let me ask you a question. Who and what do God style, or who do he uh, style as being an unbeliever? Oh, I don't think they heard you, or maybe you didn't say it right. An unbeliever is a person who has not obeyed Acts 238. Well, maybe somebody can't read. Some people believe, if they believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and they, they believe the Bible like you do, and yet they are not apostolic, they haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. They go to church and everything, they declare that they are a Christian, then they believe are that they is just as saved as you are. They don't starve themselves as being an unbeliever. But what we want to take time out and point out to you that what Paul is saying here, what God starts as an unbeliever is that you have never been born again according to the scripture. You've never been baptized in water in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. One without the other one is no good. You have to be a believer. And all that believed was together. And that's the way that God have it that we must be. All right? So Jesus is saying back there in the book of Matthew, look, from the beginning, when God put them together, there is no separation or there is no divorces. From the beginning, it was not so. So do you think that Jesus would violate God's law and going to do something that God did not set his approval on? No, sir. This met in the book of Matthew, the 19th chapter, when the Jews, and it was especially for the Jewish people, and people tried to be very, very, you know, shrewd in ways, and they will tell things that isn't true, and they will do things. But when you was married a virgin, she's supposed to be a virgin. And if you found out that she was not a virgin in you, yet she was engaged to her, and you married her, and she wasn't a virgin, you had grounds to put her away. Have you read that? Have you read that? Have you read that in the Bible where even that the mother would teach their daughters the newlyweds what to do? You haven't read that? Well, maybe I better teach that some other time. All right. Now let us go to our lesson. That God may bless us. Oh, Lord, so many hard-hearted folks. The hardness of their heart means they wouldn't forgive. 
Some folks won't forgive. Jesus teach forgiveness in his church. Isn't that right? So Moses had to do what he did is because they wouldn't turn it loose. But it wasn't right from the very beginning. But forgiving is the thing that is operating in God's church today. How many times should I forgive? And so forth and so on. All right, let's go now to the book of 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And to expedite time, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I won't mind the time is passing. Uh, the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, uh, beginning with the, the 51st verse and 1 Thessalonians, the 4th chapter, the 14th verse. Put these down. Ephesians 3 and 9. Luke one thirty one, Acts fifteen and one through seventeen, Revelation twenty and one, Matthew six thirty three, and Matthew three. Two through twenty-eight, Ephesians one and ten. I'm feel sorry for y'all ain't got no Bible. Y'all gonna have to get a tape. I mean that you ain't got no notebook. Ephesians one and ten, and Revelation twenty-two and one. All of these is going to be pointing out. Preparing ourselves, making ourselves ready to go back with Jesus when he comes. What must be done, what need to be done when you first receive the Holy Ghost? And I don't just like to leave it hanging. I love to explain it. The Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in another language. I don't like to leave it hanging there. And the Spirit of God give utterance. The Spirit of God. Anybody can probably speak in tongue. You can go to school and learn that language. Well, that you can speak in more than one or two different languages. I believe that's the reason he said, and the Spirit of God give utterance. The Spirit of God. The baptism in the name of Jesus according to Acts. The second chapter. In the 38th verse. 
the baptism in the name of Jesus and the Holy Ghost is God's plan and the one and only plan that God has for anyone to be saved by. Now there is a reason and there's a purpose. You don't just get baptized just to be getting baptized. You get baptized to get rid of something. You even get baptized to take on something. A lot of people don't see it like this, but this is the way that it is designed by God. Now what we are doing, we have heard of heaven and hell. We have heard about the great God of heaven, the God of the universe, no greater than he is. And you also have heard about Lucifer or Satan or whatever name you may want to use. Then when the gospel is preached unto us, it should make sense. We should know what we are doing when we decide to come from where we are. If we find that we are in darkness. A mystery is something that is hid until a certain time. And now it is being revealed unto us. That is shedding more light that we will know now exactly what God is calling for. There was a time when Paul, he said, he started himself as a child. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. Many things that you understood when you first got saved, that you have grown way beyond that now. And you don't have to simplify and bring things way back down for you to understand it. It's because the Holy Ghost is dealing with you and has further opened the eyes of your understanding that you would be able to understand what God is speaking of. When Jesus was here, he taught his disciples. And the Bible says he told them many things. They believed him. But when he rose from the dead, that was thing that they were still blind to. And the Bible said that he had to go back over the whole thing and bless them and open the eyes of their understanding that they might understand the scripture. You can hear it both day and night and still don't understand it. That's the reason why that term. The world don't have the chance that we have. When it comes to the word of God, amen, and God revealing it to you, you ain't going to get this at no institution. You're going to only get it through God. Then uh, James said, if you lack an understanding, if you lack wisdom, if you don't have it, say you ask God for it. And God will give it to you any way you want it. 
He'll give it to you from the Bible. He'll give it to you. Amen. If you go into school and you don't understand your tests or whatnot, amen, and you're living for God, he'll open your understanding when it comes to your test time. Oh, yes, he will. He opened their understanding that they might understand the scripture and it went on to say, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sin must be preached in his name. This is eye-opening to those that didn't know, not to you. In his name, among all nations, Beginning at Jerusalem. Amen. And this was the place where he said it will begin. Now, you got all these scriptures here. We know we ain't going to get through tonight unless you tell me I can stay here until about 11.30. Some of y'all wouldn't want to stay here if Jesus was here. All right. Now. Have come Paul coming in now. Let us read. Some of you that came in late, we started reading from the book of Luke. While we was talking about the Gentile, we was talking about Simeon and how that Luke is saying that how that in the temple it was even prophesied, amen, concerning of Jesus and how that the Jews would withdraw themselves and would not submit themselves and would not give God the glory and the praise that he was looking for, that he was looking for, and he turned to the Gentiles. You understand that? Now that's what we're going to be reading about and that's what I want you to know. And that's what God wants you to know. This is the whole scope of the lesson tonight that you won't fail to give God glory and praises. Is that right? He's looking for glory and praises out of you that he has done something for. If he hasn't done nothing for you, then you don't owe him nothing. Amen. Do you hear me? Oh, we fixed to get to Bible class now. Amen. But you see, I think the foundation should first be laid and try to make sense, yet it won't make sense to everybody. But if you believe the scripture and get out of your mind what you have had in there for a long time, then God will put something in there that it will stay forever. Amen. You have to know when, when to rightly divide the word. I'm going to say something I haven't said in a long time. There is something that Jesus, that God promised the Jews, his own people, that you ain't going to even taste of it. Scripture, yeah, but I ain't dealing with that. What are you doing? I'm rightly divided. I'm trying to, well, I'm a spiritual Jew. Yes, you are, but I'm talking about, amen, the old original. That had, didn't have to do nothing to become a Jew. They didn't have to be circumcised. They was already God's chosen people. Amen. We was without a God. Hallelujah. Christ as dogs. 
I love to talk about what I used to be. Amen. And that's the way we were. Didn't have a God on our side. And God had to blind his people and turn to us and say, now I want you to praise me. I want you to glorify me. Huh? I want you to tell of my goodness. Tell them where I brought you from. Tell them how you were saved. Tell them when you was back there. Wasn't fit for the dung hill. Hallelujah. I made you what you are. I made you intelligent. I made you somebody. I made you something when you was nothing. Hallelujah. Whatever I am, he made me what I am. Oh, yeah. So I want all the glory. It wasn't nothing in you. But whatever you are now, I made you that. I made you intelligent. Oh, my Lord. Huh? So give me some glory. Don't get up here with your proud selves. Making folks take your family background. Well, what you had. Remember, you were Gentile. You was down in the valley. I went down in the valley where you were. I got you and pulled you up. I made you what you are. There come to be a tongue. If a wife wants something for my husband, praise him. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, most of the time, if he ain't so stingy, you'll get it. Had you ever thought that's all God want out of us? And I told you that that's all it is when you come to praying. Is an acts and a thanks. That's all that a prayer is. Asking God for something or thanking him for something. Amen. So God said, I gave it to you, now praise me. I healed ten. Only one came back, where's the nine? I want some praise. I want some praise. I want somebody to sing. He said, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. When did nobody else want me? Give me a little more volume over here, just a little bit. He paid it all. Huh? Ain't you glad he made you something? When you was a nobody? Wasn't good for nothing? Now he loved praises like that. Huh? But Israel wouldn't give it to him. So he turned from them. And this was his re He took the Gentile to provoke his own people. It was first offered to them while they would be shouting and praising God and getting everything good from him. But he turned to the Gentiles and then told the Jews, say, look what you missed. How often would I have gathered you together as a hen gathered her brood? 
I would have protected you. Six million wouldn't have died if they had submitted themselves to him. Oh no. It takes so much to turn us from our own old cruel ways and turn us to God. How much more will it take? God have to let some wrath fall on us sometime before we acknowledge him for who he is. You have to get in such trouble, seem like there's no way out. And then you'll see us gradually turning to him. But this is what he's after. He wants you to see what he's doing here. He didn't have to do it. We read the scripture in the book of St. John that God so loved the world till he gave his only begotten son. But you got to remember that we were the last on the list. And yet we were the first on the list. And this is the mystery part about it, how that God took two Gentile people. Hallelujah. Abraham and Sarah. Abraham was not a Jew. But this was the mystery. Sarah was not a Jew. So God took two Gentile people and got him a people. Out of that people. Well, How in the world can two black folks, two black folk, I mean black too. I'm not talking about y'all because y'all got some everything in you. But I'm talking about black folks. You see what I'm talking about? I'm trying to make another point. How in the world can two black folks, a man and a woman, produce a white baby? You wouldn't believe that? You say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Character of the way. How in the world can a white couple produce a black baby? Now it's going to be some divorcing, wouldn't it? Or some killing. Or some tall explaining. It's impossible. God can do anything. So how can God take a Gentile, two Gentiles, which later on was classed as heathens, and got him another nation of people from all the rest? Now, it's two, it's two ways in this thing. All, I hope I have it right. All Israelites is not Jews. 
but all Jews is Israelite. I haven't made you up yet, have I? Huh? Then if so, then I have to go back and tell you, amen, exactly what, what I'm talking about. But I just threw that in where you can get what I'm talking about. Now, here we are in the book of Jeremiah. You may go back to Jeremiah, amen, and we fix this start here in our lesson. Uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah the 13th chapter and the 11th verse. For as a girdle cleave it to the loins of a man, uh -huh. so have I caused to cleave unto me uh -huh. the whole house of Israel yes. and the whole house of Judah. And the whole house of Judah, said the Lord. Said the Lord. That they might be unto me for people. They might be unto me for a people. And for a name. And for a name. And for praise. And for praise. And for glory. And for a glory. But they would not hear. They would not hear. They wouldn't do it. Brother, get up here to say, lead testimony. Say, y'all. Who won't say? Do this. Praise God. He even said, enter into my gates with praises. He loved praises. All right. Now we go into 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and the, the 51st verse. Behold. Behold. I show you a mystery. Paul said, I show you something that you haven't seen nor heard. I show you something, but really it's nothing new. It was something that had been back there all the time. Some parts of the world you never discovered, has never been discovered yet. You may not believe that, but it is. When God made this world, he didn't add to it. There's no such thing as an old world and a new world. Not down here, old earth and new. When he made it, there was nothing in it. Paul said, behold, I show you a mystery. Now I got to go back because I hate to do this, but sometimes we, we, we miss it. And I want to get it where you can understand. Paul is speaking to people that has been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Huh? From the book of Romans to the book of our Revelation is to the church to baptize believers and fill with the Holy Ghost. God didn't take out the time to write even a whole chapter to sinners. You don't believe that, huh? No. I'll say it again. He didn't even take out the time to write a whole chapter to sinners. He didn't give sinners his laws. He gave them to people that belong to him. So Paul here is speaking to the church. And the church is known as those that was baptized. 
in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, you don't believe that yet? The church started on the day of Pentecost. It started with 120. And from that 120, he added to the church daily such as should be saved. When Peter preached his first sermon, there was 3,000 added to that 120, which made 3,120. When he preached again, the Bible says that there was 5,000 added, which made 8,120. So he continued added daily, such as should be saved. So there isn't but one church. And that church started on the day of Pentecost. Jesus spoke before then and said, Up on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell. All right? Behold, Behold I'll show you a mystery. I'm going to show you something, you apostolic folks. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. <laughs> but why is it that when the preacher don't understand, he says, well, this is the way we all got to go. Oh, no, you won't. Huh? We shall not all die. We shall not all sleep. But, but we shall all be changed. We shall all be changed. In oh, I love that. Hallelujah. We shall all be changed. Now listen, nobody is going up in the rapture but us. Others, <laughs> you just went forget about it. Hallelujah. We're the one going to be raptured away. Remember the subject. Hallelujah. We are making preparation to be raptured away. But when Jesus comes, he's coming after his bride. He's coming after his church. And you got to be right in order to be raptured away. Oh, I believe in the rapture. Maybe you don't, but I believe in the rapture. Huh? I believe, like the Bible says, we're going to be caught up. Huh? And that caught up means you're going to be snatched away. You're going to look for us one moment over here and you ain't going to see us. Look behind us, they're gone. In the automobile, they're gone. In the bed, they're gone. On the job, they're gone. We'll be caught up. Snatched out of here. Oh, Kadamiyata. My Lord. So we are making preparation. Now he's telling us while we are here now, in order to be caught up, you've got to lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset you. You've got to continue to pull off. You've got to continue to unload while you can be caught up. Woo! Caught up. Hallelujah. Read that. Make me a little excited and getting happy around here. 
Hallelujah. Behold, Behold, I show you a mystery. I'll show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. We shall all be changed. Listen. In a moment. In a moment. In a twinkling of an in eye. In a moment. What is a moment? Lord, have mercy. In a moment. In a twinkling of an eye. At in the, the last trump. Of an eye. At the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound. It shall sound. And the dead, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. I don't care how long they've been they be dead, but they're going to be changed. They're going to rise how? Incorruptible. Come on. And we shall be changed. We shall be changed. For this corruptible, this corruptible must put on incorruption. Uh -huh. And this mortal, this mortal must put on immortality. Oh, immortality. Uh-huh. So when this corruptible yeah. shall have put on incorruption. Now it's talking about us. I want to tell you, it's good to be apostolic. Huh? It's good to be born again. It's good to be called his bride. Because he's coming after his bride. Those that has took on his name. Hallelujah. I'm trying to help you to be glad you was apostolic. Huh? Now, when I say apostolic, I mean it's just abiding in the apostles' doctrine. The thing that they taught, the thing that they preached, the thing that they stood for is the same thing that we should stand for today because nothing has been changed. Huh? When Peter got tired of folks messing over him, he went to Jesus. He said, listen, I done took enough. How often should I forgive my brother who sinned against me? Seven times? What Peter? Seven times? Not in my church. Huh? Not seven times, but seven times seven. In other words, as often as they sin against you and turn around and ask forgiveness, you're supposed to forgive them. You can't say, I'm fed up. You can't say I took this off yesterday. You can't say you're coming back with the same old lie. Come back with the same old thing today. As often as they come, he, he said, now if you don't forgive them, I ain't going to forgive you. Amen. He put something in us that we should fear. He'll go back and get the thing that he done forgave us for and charge, recharge him for it. And that's the book. Amen. So you have to be careful. All right, read. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Do you know if we really believe the Bible, you wouldn't mind dying? I don't mean getting killed now. Hey, I'm talking about just dying a natural death. But uh, everybody dreads killing. <laughs> Even Jesus dreaded killing, crucified. But if you could just lay down and go to sleep, going to sleep in Jesus, knowing what he has promised you, knowing his far better to be with the Lord, than to be down here where all of this sickness and sadness and disappointments and everything is, but just to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. It means so much. 
Amen. He shows us heaven and how everything is. Amen. And we long to be with him. But remember, nobody really wants to die in the way that Jesus died. Everybody dreads death. For it is a horrible thing. But it is such thing that you can sleep away in the Lord. Go to sleep, natural sleep, never wake up again. Amen. When you wake up, you'll be on the other side. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? How do you all like that? With all these bills and things you got to pay. Amen. Getting up early in the morning. I got up one I got up the other morning, yesterday morning, at something after four o'clock to meet a sister at the hospital that was having an operation. I made it there at six o'clock uh, yesterday morning. From that morning until el after 11 o'clock, I was there. Amen. Well, it was a part of my job. I didn't count it as no big thing. I was there. And I left there. I came to church. Amen. I stayed here about an hour and a half. I left and had to go back to another hospital to see someone over there. I heard that they had had a stroke. I went there. He meant to see them and to pray for them. I left there and I went to another hospital to see a hundred and something year old man, a brother, a man, just laying up there by himself. I called his name, he turned over and he looked at me and I said, do you know who I am? He first looked and then when he found out who I was, he starts smiling. Amen. When I got back here, it was about 3.30 in the evening. I was so drained. Amen. Until when I went home, I laid down. I didn't come to church last night. I repent. I didn't come to church last night. I got up this morning. I wished I had could have changed the time. I got up at 11 o'clock. I said, Lord, let it be 10 at least. Let me be looking at it wrong. It was 11 o'clock. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't do a job like that. Say, Lord, forgive me, for I know someone was over here waiting on me, and I am at home. But I didn't just wake up and lay up in the bed like some of y'all do. <laughs> Never get up. When I woke up and my eyes opened, I looked at the clock, and that's what it was. Then I had to get out of bed in a race. We didn't get to our lesson tonight, really. We only started. But there is something that you need to hear that God is trying to get us ready for. There's something you need to know. And you need to know further how soon it will be before Jesus comes. 